This will be different, eh? Yeah, this will be. Um, like, it's so strange. I feel like I'm in BC again. Talking to everyone yeah. over, over FaceTime and this. and Yeah, I, that would, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's what it feels like. <laughs> it's weird, yeah. Well, like, I mean, like, it's weird times, right? I moved home so I could see family and friends. I'm locked away in my house still. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh. One thing I was going to say was I, I kind of feel like I should have taken one of the Geek Pants water bottles. <laughs> well we kind of didn't know that last time you left the world would be ending the following week <laughs> yeah well that's that's just it right so we have no <laughs> idea that uh like haircuts haircuts yeah. are a commodity now yeah i know it's a yep. good thing i it's a good thing i switched the beaners a few years ago yeah well uh, got there's my that got my own hair. i know people still called it beaters <laughs> i don't know what do they call it <laughs> when you're half bald already i don't know if you would call it that well, I think it's just shaving your head, but beaner. I, that's that's uh, beating us is what that is. Yeah, I think the, I think the stress of everything going on has been getting to me because I'm getting I'm starting the grays are crawling from my beard into my hairline a little now. I got the Reed no, Richards. I think that was just going to happen anyway. I got the Reed Richards thing going on right now, right? Like I, I like <laughs> that you're trying to blame it on COVID nineteen, but I think that was just happening anyway. Yeah, it was going to happen regardless. <clears throat> that's right. It was just life, you know. I, I think it sped up the process by at least a month. Okay, fair enough. Fair I'll enough. give it that. How weird is it working from home? It. I mean, there's good aspects and there's bad. The good is I can wear my sweatpants all day long. Well, that's or, just or nothing at all if I want. <laughs> yeah, like uh, now you might shower every second day instead yeah. of every day. You yeah. know, like, I don't have like, to wear my my work boots or anything. So it's, I mean, there's good aspects. The bad though is, and it's like you said, home is the place to escape from work. Yeah. So now That's like true. I leave my dining room where all our workstations are set up and I go into the living room and, I, and whenever I look right, there's all my work still, you know, like I feel like I'm never getting away from it. Exactly. Um, and so that was part of it. And the other part was that like now more than ever, there is no separation between work and home life. You yeah, know, like, like I would get in the car and I would drive to work and then I would be at work and that would be it. Right. And then yeah. I'd come home for lunch. And if Michelle was home, then there'd be some home stuff. But generally it'd just be like, no work, just eat, maybe take a nap. Now it's like, uh, I guess I'll go to work. <laughs> like you roll out of bed. Yeah. Go to work. And then the funny part is, is like, it's on you to decide how productive you're going to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, yeah. like, you're, like, especially for me, because like, like I'm still training, you know, mm-hmm. like at this point I would have probably taken the exam or at least been in a position where the exam was upcoming. Yeah. And I would have had some work on the, on the floor. I would have shadowed somebody, you know, things like that. Yeah. And then uh, now it's like, like I'm studying and I'm getting paid and I'm very fortunate for that to still have a job in that regard. But it's like, how much can I really like, if I don't at least get like in the high nineties for this exam, then fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah. I don't know. This whole, this whole thing is just friggin' weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's so weird. Like I, I would leave home. I would go home on my lunch break, you know, hang with the dog and everything. And, and it would feel like an escape. Now, now breaks and lunch breaks and, and even the evenings, they feel like they're flying by because I'm never leaving work. 
Right. And that's the other part too, is like, like, how are you managing really never leaving the house? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm going for a lot more walks now. That's a plus. Cause I need to get out of the friggin' place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. You ever get that itch where you're just like, I just have to get in the car and fucking drive and then just drive for, I don't know how long, just for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, that's what we did last week. Like it was Easter Sunday and, and, we hadn't left the house other than go grocery shopping for like three, three, four weeks by that point. And then that in itself is weird, depending on where you go. So I said, let's just throw our lawn chairs into the back of the vehicle. Go see our parents. Yeah. Throw our lawn chairs out way in front of them in the yard. And we'll just talk to them from a distance (laughs) just to go for a ride, get out and then see our family a bit. Yeah, exactly. And it worked. I mean, it was nice just to get out and, and that's another thing. I've I've had like a full tank of gas for over a month. <laughs> I so I've had my I, my new car. Like when I got in the accident, right? Yeah. Uh, then I had the loaner. Literally, I think uh, the day, the Monday after I got into the accident, they were talking about getting everyone set up for working from home. Yeah. So then by that Wednesday night, I was all set to work from home. So I was like, oh, okay. All right. So, you know, I had the rental and which was fine, like whatever. And I was like, still kind of dinged up. So I was like, okay. But then, you know, by the time the rental is coming up and I've started to shop around for cars and stuff, I'm like, I don't even really know how to buy a car in this current climate. (laughs) Right. Um, and the best part was, is like when I, I initially asked about a better deal, the guy was like, no, you ain't getting a better deal. Cause like March is when uh, everything picks up and that's a fairly popular car. Like we were confident that we're going to sell it. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and then like the weekend goes by and uh, he messages me and he's like, uh, or no, I, I did one move where I was like, look, I got nine grand cash. Like, what can we do? can we make a deal or can I finance the rest or whatever? And he literally says, well, I got a test drive. So this guy's coming in and he's the serious buyer at the at ticket. So yeah, and you as a sales guy know what moves are being played. <laughs> so I was just like, I was like, okay, all right. Well, you know what? Tell you what, if the sale doesn't go through or the test drive or whatever reason, you just, you let me know. Next yeah. thing you know, it was like, offered me this like price taxed in and I was like it was like about a hundred more than I want it was I was like nine five we'll say is where I wanted to be he came at me at nine six I didn't tell him nine five but he came at me at nine six and then I was like oh okay but in my head like I said like the second he said I had a test driver and he wanted to buy at a full price I was like oh okay <laughs> oh yeah you got test driver all right right but uh yeah. So, and then uh, I drove it for twenty minutes the day I picked it up, and then it sat for almost a week. It was like this is great that I I got this car. Well, the day you saw it was uh, yeah, I was, I was driving it, and then after that, I was uh, I, I literally at one point I was like, I'm gonna do recycling just to get out of the house and pick up whatever. But nine nine six isn't bad for that car. It's a sharp looking car. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of things that... Uh, of course, I'll I haven't have to, been able to see it close up yet, but... Yeah, there's a couple of things that I'll have to look into. Uh, possibly if he can do something with it, like in terms of like 
the console on the right hand side or passenger side mm-hmm. was shoddily glued in. No, oh. which I I didn't notice when I did the the once over and stuff like that. Like I noticed a couple of other things in my uh, well, Jim, my father in law noticed a couple of other things, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's still a, a nice car. Like, it handles well. I have yep. to wait for a part from the power steering to come in, and then that'll get checked out. I think at that point, I'll compile a list of things and just say, hey, while we're, we got the car in the shop, what about all this stuff here? So, <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. But either way, either way. So, did, uh, did, you, did you say assemble when you got into it next? Nope. I have, made, I have not made any lame uh, Avengers related puns. Uh, Come on. In fact, um, Michelle was dorkier, dorkier about it than I was. For, like, for those that don't know, he bought a Dodge Avenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Geek Pancers, I, I bought a 2012 Dodge Avenger. And, uh, but yeah, she was literally like, it's an Avenger. It's an, and I'm like, yeah, but this, it, the car's not part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> like no one says the uh the quinjet is part of the avengers team you know uh i think the only time that they'll say it's part of the team is if it's like the fantastic car <laughs> yeah just because yeah. of the branding right uh, but no no i have yet to say assemble whenever we've gotten in the car together uh, you're losing a great opportunity i am not i feel like i'm i'm actually gaining ground on this but okay. who knows? Who knows? Can you at least do it the next time you two dress up as Captain America and Peggy Carter? <laughs> I don't think we'll be doing that again, actually. And to be fair, I was Steve Rogers. I wasn't Captain America. Oh, right. Yes. Right? Okay. But it was you had big, the shield. I had the shield, right? So that nobody would just be like, oh, did you just wear a jacket? <laughs> who is this guy? You know, like when I got called out for Jason Bourne. <laughs> you just said the first thing that came to mind based on what you were wearing yes yes i was <laughs> uh, it's funny anyway so that's uh that's the story about how the state of the world has led it so that i've driven my car three times since i've gotten it. <laughs> hey it'll last longer now <laughs> that's right yeah it's so it, the worst thing is gas prices have never been this low in like 20 years and we can yeah, when I, driving I, Build up my tank. Uh, I actually did a double take because normally it's like sixty to sixty-five to yeah. fill it up. I filled it up for, I think, forty bucks from like almost empty to full. Well, that was the other thing. They gave me the car in like a borderline empty tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll give you a deal. No gas. By the time, by the time I left the dealership. And got like two minutes from my house, the <laughs> gas light turned on. And, like it blinked, it dinged, and I went, What the fuck? And then I heard, I went, Oh, I didn't even get a full tank. <laughs> Not even like half a tank. I had, so that day I got it, I had to put 40 bucks. But like I said, I still was like, Whoa, 40 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, because it's fucking dirt cheap. It's nutty. I was talking to my mom last night, and she said, Oh, she says hi to you and Michelle, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's funny that you're talking about video chatting and stuff. And I was thinking, like, sometime this weekend, we should do that. Just to yeah. say. Well, we've set up this now so my brother and my sister and my parents and everyone can go on. So I'll just invite you next time if you want. 
Oh yeah, that'll be great. And Rocky, Rocky could sign on from Alberta, and it's been ah good. nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, they're having a hard time. Like with that. Masters of the Universe to the fullest extent. Fullest extent. This is your Avengers Assemble moment, right, right there. This is it. As soon as the screen is full of pictures, just assemble, yes. Yeah, but you're saying it too punk, though. It's got to be like Avengers Assemble. Yeah, well, how? I mean, come on. You want to talk realistic? How 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 can you be Captain America in that moment? Look around you and, and not get a little bit pumped up. Like I would be like, <laughs> assemble, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would. Think it's because like the fate of the entire world, all yeah. worlds. Was yeah, I guess so. I, I, I've never been in that moment. Yeah, <laughs> like he's been in war almost his entire existence. He's always been fighting something. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe just another day at that point. Bit. But maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm misreading it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... so... Oh, hey, Titan. Titan! Uh, so, anyway, sorry. It's funny. That's fine. <laughs> it's, Whatever. Uh, his triggers are uh, dogs, right? So yeah. if he sees a dog, he has to, like, literally bark loudly, uh, which tells me he's not really a tough dog. <laughs> um, the other ones, this is great. Birds and squirrels. I Adrian or uh, Adrian's got those ones too. Penny's got those. Yeah, ones. Adrian. Yeah, okay, that's nice. Adrian chases squirrels all over, all over the place, all day long. Yeah, I, I could. You know what? Uh, no, I'm, not even, I'm not even going to engage this one. I'm going to say shame on you, Kenneth. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, Penny. Yeah, you know. Oh, hold on though. Uh, I, I do have to say it's it it is looking like I am not going to be eating a ketchup sandwich. It's looking like <sighs> it is. It's looking like it. I'm so infuriated that coronavirus pushed back new mutants again, and now I have no idea when it's coming out or where it's going to come out. I don't think it's coming out of theaters now. I really don't. I mean, if it does. I'll I'll eat that sandwich, but I, I it's looking you know like what? there's a good chance it won't go to theaters, and that's because they Disney's putting their Artemis Fowl movie that was going to theaters. They're putting that right onto Disney Plus now. Yeah, but the thing with New Mutants is it doesn't fit with their Disney Plus plan, so nope. it's going to have to go Hulu or somewhere else. I think it's going to either be that either that mm-hmm. or just release it straight to video, or or straight to video. Yeah, like a, and you know what? I will buy the Blu-ray day one because I cannot wait to watch that movie. Yeah, so, so so I just I I don't know. Like theaters are closed right now, um, and when they do reopen, if they reopen, it's going to be a whole new world. I mean, the AMC theaters in the U.S. are claiming bankruptcy. Yep, that, that's one of the biggest theater brands in the U.S. If it, it's it sucks, man. It really blows that I love going to the movies, and I can't you know, imagine I'm a one world. of those. I'm in the same boat. Like I couldn't imagine not going to the theater. Like not even having the option to go to, go to the theater. Yeah, like I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like we watched uh, Invisible Man on the Cineplex app through the TV. Yeah, which actually it was kind of it was okay. Like the it's not the best platform or like like it got like shitty video quality from time to time. It I've never proper. tried the Cineplex app. I've never tried it like that. It's uh, apparently like Michelle was looking at the reviews and apparently that's a common thing where it'll buffer and it'll. Uh, uh, If you're, if you're paying to rent a movie, you should not be dealing with buffering. Especially if you're paying 20 bucks to do it. Yeah. That's like, that that was another one where I was like, Ooh, so 
hopefully we'll never have to use that platform again for it. Yeah. Sorry guys, but eh. I, I, I've been, when I rent movies, I usually do it right to the PlayStation store or I do it through uh, the Google play store on my. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. Google play. I've never had a problem with it. Like usually runs really well. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. I've never tried it. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine world. And and if it gets to the point where movies are never the same again with theaters and everything, then I'm really friggin' happy we got to watch Bad Boys for Life together. Yeah, that's one of those like okay, that's great. That's great that we got. I I don't. I don't know. I don't think that. uh, I don't think those will officially go away, barring anything unforeseen. I got to knock on wood, but I don't like unless. Unless it gets crazy in the next year, but I, I don't think so. I think once a vaccine has been made, then uh, after that, once everything starts to get back to the normal, I don't, I don't see theaters going away per se. But it's, well, it's the thing, though. I mean, like, but it's tough. They might not go away, but a lot of these companies might not be able to last that long. You know, Cineplex was just bought out by that UK company, and I don't know how they're doing. Sorry, say that again. Cineplex was just bought out like a month before this went down by a, a company in the UK. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So now they're sitting on this huge purchase that's making zero money. I like, I don't know. And, and basically in Canada, Cineplex has the monopoly. Like they're, yeah. how many theaters did we have as kids? And now we got one, you know, they came in and yeah. they house. Yeah, it is a tough call. But then again, you never know what's going to happen in terms of bailouts and things like that though. Yeah. So I'm just going to hope for the best. That's all I'm doing too. Is you just hope for the best? Because like Wonder Woman and and Black Widow and like I want to watch these on the big screen. I don't want to watch them on my TV at home. I I agree completely. I want I want that experience. I want to watch Wonder Woman and Black Widow and uh, No Time to Die all in the theater. Yeah, and you know what I love too. I, I love that at the movies, you have no distraction. You know, your phone is off. You're not cooking and pausing the movie hundred times. You're not letting the dog out. You're not going to the bathroom and pause the movie like if you gotta go to the bathroom you're missing some of the movie like yeah. i like that i like that it's no yeah i know I, I it's like just it me in the where movie. you're just like uh you know what i'll watch the movie all the way through before i piss yeah <laughs> or you play that gamble where you go like can i piss now yeah <laughs> it's yeah. the perfect time to piss it's a slow scene can i make it <laughs> yeah come back and there's explosions and everything everyone's like did you star you missed it you're like oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong, like, I have a pretty sweet setup for watching TV and movies and stuff like that. So it's not like it's terrible, but, you know, like, it, it felt like, it just felt like you were doing something. Yeah, it was. Some, yeah, exactly. I yeah, hope, I hope that in the future, we still, <laughs> we still have theaters and stuff that we can go to. Me too. Me but too. I, I kind of feel like this is how I look at it. Like, I think like, because people still go to the theater. You know, like it's, it's, you still want that experience. So people still want that. So I think once uh, we start looking at how things get back to normal, I think that's going to be one of those ways that they look at it. Like, yeah, it was normal for me to go to the theater to watch this movie. So yeah, this will be one of those ways where they go, yes, this feels normal. You know, just like going to work, like leaving your house to go to work. That'll be for some people that'll go, no, but this is what feels normal for me. You know, (laughs) instead of saying like, Wait, what day is it today? It's Thursday? Huh. Did I shower yesterday? No. When did I shower? I should probably shower. I should probably just shower yeah. and shave, you know, instead of looking like a hobo. Although, yeah, yeah. Hmm. it's got to, like, I, I, the, the first couple of weeks at home were rough because my routine was gone. 
So then, so, and because of that, I was actually feeling depression. So I was like, I got to get my routine back. I have to get up, walk the dog, brush my teeth, change my clothes, shower, do everything the way I would do it. And then I got to go to work, even though it's downstairs and I'm not driving to work. I got, I go to work. Like I have to keep, I have to do the same thing. I had to like, not the same routine per se, but I had to figure out a new routine that kind of said, okay. So like, you know, you're, you're at work now. So yes, get up, have your coffee. Yeah. Right. You know, let your dog out, feed your dog, you know, get Michelle's plants set up in the, in the sunlight and then, you know, brush your teeth and like work. Right. And yeah. then work for, you know, up until like 11, 30, 12. So now it's your lunch and then you can shower and do all that other stuff. Cause you have like an hour lunch or so. And then go from there and get back to work and try to keep that as regular as possible. Cause otherwise, yeah, like I wouldn't say depressed, but going a little crazy would definitely be it like you know like i remember i said to michelle once where i was like i like i'm taking the recycling out because i gotta get out of this house i gotta get in the car i gotta like drive i gotta just like scream and she kind of gave me a weird look but i was like yeah it's not as bad as it sounds (laughs) but it's like it's like yeah it's 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 a a nutty scenario to be in it is it's like like i mentioned before like when i was in bc i had a lot of good moments there you know it was a cool place to live i met a lot of great people but I didn't have my close family or my family or my close friends. Right. Yeah. And when we went home at night and be long, long days commuting and everything, we get home and we, it just be us in that little apartment. And I wouldn't say, I guess, depressed, but there was like this, this shallowness, like this hollow feeling, right? Like you never felt fully complete almost, you know what I mean? And, and I haven't felt that since I came back from bc and i i was feeling it again with this going on like he was there again i was just like no i gotta get in some kind of routine some shit i gotta change some shit i mean i can't go see my parents i can't see my buddies so i mean yeah i gotta get some kind of routine again to kind of get in the mind frame that like this is not okay i don't want to feel like this yeah exactly exactly so like Mm -hmm. i remember because we were talking on the masters of the universe uh group chat and we're all talking, like Will was saying, like get prison body and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> he was doing it. And I was working out regularly. And then I was like, I just kind of was like, Ugh. and I didn't. I stopped for uh, about two weeks. I picked it up again this week. And I did it like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day in a row. Yeah. It matter. Now, to be fair, like I'm not uh, treating it like I would if I was at the gym where like you kill yourself. But I was like, but you, you do a bit here every single day and then you're okay. Yeah. Right. So it's all these little things you got to do to help because it's so weird. Like you said, like it, you go from like, like us, like almost every week seeing each other, hanging out, doing the camcast, uh, enriching everybody's lives. Like we've been doing for almost two, over all 138 years. of them, <laughs> all 138 of them. <laughs> and then to suddenly not be able to do that. You're just like, uh, like I, I messaged you the other day and I was like, like, we got to figure out a way to do this type of thing. Like I was thinking, or no, I was thinking about it. And then you messaged about Zoom and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I, I got introduced to Zoom just like a couple of weeks ago with my brother. He's like, Oh, do the Zoom thing. Right. Cause my parents and, and I, and my brother, we all, and my sister, we all had a game night. Like I turned my laptop around and then we did, um, oh, what the hell are those games called? It's like family games on on the PlayStation Four, right? Oh, Jackbox. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackbox yeah. games. Yeah, and and all you do is you sign in with the code on the TV into your in your smartphone, and you all play trivia games together. And we did that one night. 
We played that actually. Yeah. Yeah, you did, right? On, on New Year's or something, was it? A couple of times actually we've yeah. done it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and we did that through through here, through Zoom, and it worked. And I was like, that was a lot of fun. And then my brother was like, Yeah, you could share your screen, you could do recording. I was like, Oh, wait, you could do recording. How does that work? And he and he was telling me about it. And I was like, I wonder if that would work for us. Okay, we'll find out. And I found out too that you could use a smartphone. So I mean, I already asked if you can use Michelle's laptop. But I mean, if you couldn't, knowing that you could even go on your phone and talk like that to me, yeah. I could record it. We'll make it work. Yeah, exactly. So so hopefully this works because yeah, like you start when you have that outlet for yeah. so long and then you don't have that outlet. It's just like, ripped away. You're <laughs> like, you know like you want to talk about things and you want to say things like like you want to say things like like you hear like i heard recently apparently scott snyder has made a pitch to write nightwing i just read about that the other day yeah yeah so because like you know every once in a while i bring you up to date on the state of rick grayson (laughs) and how like they keep dragging this fucking story out and teasing and now it's a big tease that he's he's gonna come back and i was like yeah okay all right but how because like i said like i said this might be their way to bring him back as sort of a uh red hood type of character so maybe he's not quite like dick Grayson, but he's close and or whatever but then i but then didio got fired and i was like okay i think if he and if scott snyder even if scott snyder isn't actually going to write the book it's just his pitch uh, you have enough people there that care enough about the character that it's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be like Jason Todd and he shouldn't be, he's going to be Dick Grayson. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about that. It'll be interesting to see if they give him a new costume. Uh, Cause while I, I didn't like the red, uh, red cut of the new 52s Nightwing, the red aspects I didn't like, but I did like that he had the scallops. I thought that was kind of cool. It was a nice little touch uh, update for him. But the new fifth or the rebirth costume where it's the blue and it's got like the actual bird decal instead of just the point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought it was really nice, but the stylized like hand grips I thought was like stupid. <laughs> <laughs> blue slashes on his legs i was like yeah it makes no sense like he wouldn't why would anybody do that right <clears throat> so we'll see how what the costume will look like hopefully it's a brand new costume but maybe it'll be kind of like a mix of everything but we'll see we'll see what happens yeah. no, but i'm a little more uh optimistic about that than i was at first yeah nightwing needs some new blood working on his book that's for sure well i mean scott snyder one of his first big books was the Batman run or the de- detective comics run where he took over as uh, where when Dick Grayson was Batman. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was so writing it when Dick was Batman. In fact, that was the first uh, time I got to read Scott Snyder and got introduced to Jock's art all in one shot. And it was really good. Mm. So oh. if, if he takes on Nightwing or even if they use his pitch, I'm a little bit more, I'll be a little bit more excited than, than this slog to get to him <laughs> yeah it's so painful like I, I check in reviews from time to time and it's just like ah <sighs> it's still going oh, still yeah. going and uh and especially because like you know you're you watched two seasons of titans and you're like you know both of them are good and bad and 
but the stuff with Dick Grayson has been largely good all the way through, right? Like there's some some of the stuff, although I was, I, I've been meaning to say this to you, I, it'd be kind of interesting because uh, I finished the second season again because uh, I was like, you know what, I'll just rewatch it type of thing. And I like how they took two seasons to tell Dick Grayson's story to get to Nightwing. But I was thinking, what if they're doing something similar with Jason Todd's story arc where now, you know, you had him sprinkled in season one, but he's largely in season two. And after the ramifications of season two, maybe we'll start to see him get to the Red Hood character, which I think would be a great way to continue that, especially because the guy they got playing Todd and the stuff they were doing with him, he's been nailing it out of the park. Like it's really, really good. So I would really like to see, not necessarily see him get bludgeoned to death by a crowbar from Joker, but (laughs) somehow get to the point where you can clearly go, yeah, I can see why he's the Red Hood and I can get why, you know, he's killing people and stuff like that, or even just the animosity between him and the Titans and stuff like that. Because like season two, he gets shit on and like you feel for him by the end of that season, especially when nobody fucking says sorry. Like not one person, like even they have that nod at the funeral type of thing where, you know, Dick just kind of looks at him, but you're like, doesn't everyone have a fucking cell phone? Whip out your cell phone and be like, hey, Jason, look, I'm really sorry about the shit that happened to you. I was going through some shit. Not that that's an excuse, but I am sorry, you know. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I'm optimistic. In Nightwing's world, I'm optimistic. I, I hope it works out. But I'm optimistic. Yeah, whenever comics get back to normal. Comic books is going to be interesting to see if they continue in printed form and not just go straight digital. Well, DC is already coming back end of April, April, April 28th. They they're going with two new, new distributors to get their books back out there. Yeah. I read about that one and heard about that one because of uh, diamond distributors, but diamond distributors sounded like it was just crazy. Well, diamond is basically, uh, they're the monopoly of comic books. They came in, in the late eighties. Oh, I know, but they took over everything. Like, you remember when we were kids, we could buy comic books from any store, any corner store, anywhere. Oh, yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Now it's like the two comic stores in town and that's it or online. Yeah. yeah. So, and, that, and that's all Diamond's doing. I mean, they've made that. Like, even Chapters had a spinner rack. Yep. You know? and, and then that's gone now. Yeah. I'm kind of happy in, in this aspect that maybe um, we'll get more guys entering the field and we are now the two people that they're going with dc's going with they're different names but they're owned by midtown comics is one of them okay and the other one is discount comic book service one of the biggest comic websites in the world so we'll see how that works out i was actually really impressed that out of all the companies dc was the first one to step up and go this is what we're doing me too. And I'm this really happy too that DC and Marvel and Image, the big guys, put their comics on hold completely. They didn't keep going digital because yeah. that would have killed the comic book store. Oh, all, 100%. All the little guys would be done. I'm actually like, I'm surprised and I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Like, as a DC fan more than anything, I'm happy that DC was the guys that said, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to handle it. 
I'm disappointed that Marvel, backed by Disney, didn't do anything. They just sat back, and then when Disney said this is what they're going to do, then Marvel went, yeah, 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 we're gonna we're gonna do that too. Yeah, Disney is like WWE in the sense that they have a surplus of money. They are raking in money hand over fist. They could have afforded to do what DC did, but they didn't. They just mm-hmm. sat back. So I was really disappointed by that. But, I mean, in the end, it ultimately means that comic books are going to be around in physical form, which I've always, always uh, been a fan of. Yes, I like digital comics, uh, but you can't beat the physical. I like digital from time to time, but you you can't beat the physical. You can't can't, beat the physical for so many different things. With, uh, like, buying a, a CD, although I find I'm more inclined to not do the physical so much because, like, Spotify and stuff, but... You don't get the same aspect of like opening up the comic book, feeling the comic book, smelling the comic book, you know, everything, reading the comic book in this, in the way that it's intended to be. You got, you got everything that like the collector, the collectability of it all. Like this is my comic collection, you know, taking your comic book to a convention and meeting a creator and getting them to sign it. You know, yeah, you can't give them your iPad and get them to sign your iPad. You can buy a <laughs> sketch from them or something, I guess, and get them to sign that. But it just it's not the same. It's its not the same. And I mean, my job, I stare at a fucking screen all day long. You know, I don't want to get off work and read a comic book on a screen again. <laughs> you know, like I, you need the real shit. You need the real shit. No, I hear you. It's the same. Like I said, with like the whole aspect of going to the theater, it's the same idea. You know, I don't want to lose out on the smell of popcorn when I walk into the theater. I don't want to lose out on just actually walking in and sitting in your seats that you picked out three weeks prior and just the whole thing and watching the previews and then feeling, feeling the movie and not just watching the movie. I don't want to lose out on that. So I hope that doesn't change. Yeah. We'll see. See what happens. Me too. I mean, things will change. I just hope they don't disappear. Things will change because they have to change. Uh, I just don't like even if like when theaters eventually do reopen hopefully they do if they just they have a cutoff they only sell half the seats you know and then they have like some seats blocked out you know to keep some kind of distancing in there yeah I, I don't know how things will go it'll be interesting to see how they do things um but I I don't know I just you have to say hopeful so intros Welcome to the Geek Pants Camcast, everyone. This yeah. is kind of how you're going to be watching it for the foreseeable future, by the sounds. <laughs> yeah, the COVID nineteen Geek Pants Camcast. Yeah, uh, I'm Ken. I am Chris. There it is. <laughs> and today, this is just going to be a little bit of an update video. This uh, Chris and I haven't caught up in like a month, so we're both still alive. That's a plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, like, well, this will be like a refresher, sort of uh, see how things go with this. And honestly, it's more or less just to get this out of our system. Oh, yeah, much <laughs> like, needed. It got to a point where, like, I was thinking to myself, like, I, I have to I have to just blah, get all this out because... <laughs> I can't bottle like, anymore. Like, as an example, I'm 60 hours into Hollow Knight... And nowhere near, I'm like close to finishing, like I'm on the third quarter or whatever left of it, but I'm still like, I could 
play for another 10, 20 hours without beating this game. Wow. It's an incredible game. If you're into Metroidvania style games. Yeah. And also kind of like, well, hard games. It's actually a fairly hard game in the sense that like, even when you re-enter old areas, you don't actually really feel safe. <laughs> no matter how much you've leveled up type of thing. Because like, like the first area, yeah, you, uh, you revisit a couple of times and you're like, okay, like I'm good. Like I'm, I got this. And then you fight a boss and it infects the whole area. So now you have even harder fight, like mid-level guys to fight. And you're just like, okay, yeah. So you could die at any point in time. Those games are generally always hard, though, aren't are they not? Like, Ori in the Blind Forest, I played, uh, it blew How me. is that, by the way? It's um, unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. I feel like, I feel like because I played Hollow Knight, if I play Ori in the, in the Blind Forest... That's the first one, yeah. The new yeah, one is... I play that one. I might, I might be doing the comparisons. Yeah, take a break. Don't play... Because they look very two, similar. two similar games back to back. Because that's all you'll do, right? That's what you did with Spider Man and Batman. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I did. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless unless I play the Hollow Knight sequel when it comes out, which you'll be soon. Well, that I mean, that's different. It's easy yeah. to hop from a sequel to the next game, but yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's just Ori. Everything. Ori is it's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. It's the story is really touching. Like I almost teared up a few times. It's hard. It gets hard. I don't. I don't like hard games. So that's how you know the story is so good that I. I still kept with it, even though I. I was See, so tempted to rage quit a couple times. It's funny that you say that because Hollow Knight has like it's very much like uh, Dark Souls or Demon Souls in the way they dole out their story. Oh yeah. Like, well, you could beat the game in like thirty hours if you really wanted to. And you could literally only explore the three or five, maybe five necessary areas. There's more than that, but there's only like five key areas that you have to go to. And then that's it. You could like pretty much beat the game in like 30 hours. But like, I've been enjoying exploring every like nook and cranny. And then when like, you get a new ability. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. I can check out these areas here and stuff like that. But like, it's also a very gorgeous game. But the story is like slower in that regard. Right. If you want the story, you have to hunt the story down essentially. Which I remember was a common complaint of mine with the Souls games, where I was just like, ah, uh, like, like in a game like that with such a punishingly hard uh, difficulty level. I, I would have said, well, but if the story was good, I'd keep coming back, right? Or I'd at least keep trying it. Whereas in the Souls games, I'm like, there's like no fucking story. So there's nothing really for me to care yeah, about. Right? What the story in that is kind of like, what, you find like notes and artifacts and stuff and you get little bits of story here and there? Yeah, and I think you can talk to like some NPC guys here and there too. But I mean, this one, there's more more options for that. But I don't know. I also just think it's one of those where I picked the game up at the right time where I was just like, you know what? I've heard nothing but good things. And I've, I have, like, I am a fan of Metroidvania games. So it's not like this is a completely new genre for me. Mm. Like I remember even just going back at it and it's like, I go through sort of like a tour where I'll just be like, uh, like a Castlevania game on the Game Boy D or color. I had the Game Boy color and I was like, 
yeah, I'll play the shit out of this game. And then I did, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's what I meant with Hollow Knight. But yeah, if uh, I think because <laughs> you're playing or uh, worry, it's one of those where it's like, you might not want to play that so quickly. <laughs> Well, I've been done Ori now for for a, a few months. I like okay. right now, I've been bouncing my time back and forth between three games, which have been perfect for this quarantine life for me. Uh, the new Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing New Horizons on my Switch, which oh, is right. yep. a super chill game, perfect for this this climate. Uh, the other game is a uh, Sniper Elite Four, which I generally play right after I get off work to yes. rush out. <laughs> Yes, Sniper Elite Four. Yeah, so that's amazing. And then the other oh one, sorry to get on tangent. They're one of my favorite things to do in Sniper Elite Four is to get into an area like a barrack or something where you're completely covered by three walls, and you're right in front of the doorway. Yeah, and just alert them, and then have them keep coming to you. <laughs> that's all I do. It's fun. It's so fun. I, I've I've done like I've I've found buildings now that I've I killed everyone in. And then I'll pull bodies out and I'll rig them with bombs. I that one I never I'll, got into. I'll trigger both doorways around me and I'll just throw rocks and just get them to keep walking towards me. <laughs> I never did the uh, the body bomb, which when I replay Sniper Elite Four, which I will, I know for a fact I'll replay yeah. that. And I'm gonna start doing that one just because like it's fun. Them real fun. And then of course, like you get the slow-mo x-ray kills, and you're just like, ah, oh, this is so gross. So like, good. You, so good. When you when you bust a testing the first time. And an explosion. <laughs> oh. oh, sorry. And then uh, you were saying so after Sniper Elite 4, you're also bouncing. Sniper Elite 4, this is a game I've been waiting for to go on sale. It might still be on sale now, but I I highly recommend it to you and Michelle. Michelle will want to play too. Jurassic Park Evolution. Or Jurassic really? World Evolution. It's so really? good. It's The Sims, but with Jurassic Park. Yeah, but see, I never really got into games like that, though. Yeah, well, you kind of did that thing with um, How to Train Your Dragon, right? Weren't you kind of playing like a, a Sim-type game there on your phone? Yeah, and then I stopped dead. But you played it for a long time. I did. I did. It, it's so fun, though. It's so fun because it's you You start off, there's, there's five parts, so... Nublar is the one you're building towards. Sorna's before that, and then you got three other islands. Oh, these okay. other islands you got to build up from scratch. You're in charge, so you hire the staff. You send helicopters to go extract bones all around the world. You slowly build up this park. You got to build the electrical towers to run to the to like oh, what, what's called extraction buildings or something. Not extraction, where they do all the DNA and everything. Where they're okay. building the dinosaurs. You got to find the genome and you got to grow these dinosaurs and you got to gate off areas and set them free and, and, and feed them and everything. But you hire like rangers and everything. And these rangers will go feed, fix gates. And then there's uh, this other team, I forget who they are, but they go on the helicopters and they'll train the dinosaurs if you, if you need to go work on them. Or, or Sounds like I have to be in the right mood for this game. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's fun though, man. I like... And yeah, well, like even seeing, your like, explanation. When you start like, seeing tourists pour onto the island and everything, and, and by the way, well, the whole the whole thing is narrated by Jeff Goldblum. Okay, well, that might that might actually be a selling point. That might the whole thing. Have led with that. You, why, why would you bury the lead? That seems so weird. <laughs> every time, um, every time you grow a new carnivore, he's just like, "Oh, good, you've made another death machine or something." Like he'll just throw shit at you. It's fun. Okay, all right. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe for the bloom. 
maybe. Uh, you didn't hear me, but I said sweet sweater, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I bought this at uh, Universal when we were there, Universal Studios. We were there on one of the coldest days of the year. Wow. And we just kept buying sweaters at the park and just throwing on sweaters. So I bought this one for Adrian to wear on top of like three of her other sweaters. <laughs> and then I've just worn it ever since. It's a sweet sweater. <clears throat> yeah, I probably spent way too much money on sweaters that day, but oh well. I got a bunch of sweet ones now. Uh, what else? What else? Okay, so I got the Hollow Knight out of the way. Oh, okay. So I remember, like I, I mentioned, that I wanted to talk about WrestleMania. Yes. And then they did all the releases. It's crazy. It's not crazy per se because after WrestleMania, they typically release people. Okay, yeah. they don't release them to this extent, but they do typically release people. They do, but, but they've released a, a few from this list that have been there for a while now. Like, well, it's not even the that part that really gets me. It's the way they went about the releases, like during this pandemic, right? Yeah. <clears throat> the uh, there's two parts to this that actually really make me mad about this. A, they got rid of these people during the pandemic, which I'm really I'm bitter about that part. Because, like, in some cases, some of these guys, they wanted their releases for quite some time, like uh, The Revival and Rusev. These guys wanted to leave for quite some time. And WWE was saying, no, we're not going to let you leave. But now that the pandemic has hit and they really can't work anywhere else, suddenly they get their releases. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when they went through the whole stockpiling of talent and then using them whenever they felt like it, there wasn't really anything you could say because this is what they were doing, right? But now that it's the idea is that they can't work anywhere, okay, we'll release these people. But the other part that really bothers me is that they stand to clear a billion dollars in profits, even during this, okay? And then on top of that, they're sitting on a surplus of $500 million. So the people like in total of what they've released will help save for up to four million dollars a month okay fine that's a drop in the bucket <laughs> i mean it's a big drop in the bucket i'll give you that but that's and it's so heinous to sit there and say oh yeah yeah let's, let's release everybody bye-bye some of these people like sarah logan worked wrestlemania i know gallows and carl anderson worked wrestlemania and apparently that threw aj Styles like by surprise he commented yesterday and he's like heartbroken by it oh yeah exactly like it, there's nothing he can do about it and in fact i feel for a lot of these people that are still there because like even if they wanted to say hey look like this is bullshit they can't really do much because like sure they could go to court but the amount of resources that WWE has will just bleed them dry. So they're just kind of like, ah, you know, like Drake Maverick, uh, his was a heartbreaking one. That video of him like breaking down. Oh man. It was like 10 minutes long too. I felt so bad for the guy. Yeah. Like, you know, and he's like basically saying like, uh, you're going to get everything from me in these next three matches because I may never wrestle again. Like, I don't know what's going on. And, you know, and, well, that's the thing, too. Like, a lot of them are feeling like that, that they may never wrestle again because they don't know what the world is going to be like after this. Well, that's just it, right? And, like, and I've been saying this for quite some time. Like, Michelle and I talk about this. And even, like, with my tutor, we talk about this where we go, like, 
like, sure, we flatten the curve right now because of social distancing. It's a phrase I don't like, by the way. No, it's <laughs> a weird one. Thing is a better one because, I mean, social distancing makes it sound like you're literally a hermit not speaking to anybody. Right? <laughs> Whereas physical distancing means, like, yeah, we're still speaking, just, you know, not like shoulder to shoulder like we would do on a normal camcast, right? <clears throat> but uh, m- my big fear is when the curve is flattened and then they start saying, okay, we can start like slowly getting back to normal. And then boom, the, the next wave hits because instead of slowly getting back to normal, it was just like, let's get it back to completely normal, you know, which. And that's exactly what it's going to be like. It's going to be people jumping on planes, flying around the fucking world again. Yeah, exactly. Going to the places like, like you shouldn't be going like, no, Basically, like, like, I'm bulletproof and I, I can't be stopped type of thing. And you're like, fuck, man. There's, there's, did you see videos of Florida lately? All those idiots are still on the beaches down there. Why aren't they closing those fucking beaches? I, I think it's because they just don't have the numbers to do it. Holy mackerel. Like, I, or, or maybe, maybe it's a little bit darker and they're thinking like, well, I mean, if they're still on the beaches, then they can just uh, infect themselves and cull the herd, so to speak. <laughs> i just i i can't get over it it's insane to me like okay you you want to go live your well, life and, and freedom a lot of the stuff that's going on in the united states is insane to me like in general not just florida but across the board they're over like, a half a mil there now it's so crazy that they're no longer like the world is no longer looking at the u.s like it's this superpower they're looking at it like what is wrong with you like they're looking at it like like some people used to look at my brother where they would meet me and then meet my brother and be like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you know, like it's so bad. It's so bad that I'm actually saying things like I've never really been a big fan of Doug Ford, but the way he's handling things with Justin Trudeau, who I wasn't, I haven't been a fan of in quite some time, those two together. I'm like, these guys are really working together. And like Doug Ford is one of those ones where like when Trump is saying, yeah, you know, we'll start opening up the borders and, uh, you know, and we'll start having commerce in Canada again. And Doug Ford is like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Like, Don't do that at right? all. Oh, Canada's doing pretty good. We'll open the borders again. We're at 18,000. You guys got almost 600, like 600,000. Like the United States is so shitty right now that I'm actually like, Doug Ford is being pretty cool right now. <laughs> Nothing is going the way I expected it to go this year. Like no, nobody's like I'm actually going. Hmm, Doug Ford. No country is is perfectly handling this, but like you're, it's clear that there are com- countries that are handling this way better than others. And oh, this, absolutely! Like, like the state of affairs in the USA is insane. Like it's just mind boggling. And I always said, like ever since Trump has been in office, that it's just crazy. Like, and it's going to affect the way the world looks at the United States. But I never would have guessed this would have happened. No. You know? No. Like, there's a pandemic wiping out people left and right, and you want to reopen stores. Wow. And, and get back to normal. Like, you're not ready to get back to normal. Stockholders that are best friends with Donald Trump are saying things like, hey, man, like, my bottom line is getting affected here. My multi million dollar mansion, you know, still there. I just, I want to buy more stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I honestly like it's cratered USA and they're going to have to do a lot. And if they, well, I shouldn't say if, when they reelect Trump, that next four years is going to be 
all the same insanity and the whole world is just going to kind of go, okay, guys, you guys are on your own. Do whatever you want. You guys are on your own. Just don't mess with any of us. And that's going to be weird. <clears throat> yeah. It's just, it's one of those moments where I'm not happy to be next door to them. Like, no, no. It's especially when he's saying things like, come on, Canada, open up the borders. And then we have to say things like, no, <laughs> there's not even a vaccine in play here. We're what? like a year away what? from a vaccine. Like this could be our lives for a year. It could be. I hope it isn't, yeah. but it could be. Exactly. Like I hope that we get to some semblance of normalcy to a degree. Um, but I mean, I don't see it at least for the next six months or so. Like even if, you know, we start going back to work normally in the next, let's say month, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get back to really normal because I still think that it's going to be that whole situation where there's going to be a whole group of people that still are like, yeah, I'd rather work from home. Exactly. Yeah. And we've proven that more companies can work from home than originally projected. (laughs) Right. I mean, like a lot of people don't want to work from home. Like Adrian's actually, she was so happy to be at home at first, but now she's like, whenever they allow me to go back, I'm going to go back because I, it's easier for me to get out of here and go to work. But these companies are going to look at the money they're saving by having people work at home. And they're going to shut down buildings. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you I save don't think that It's money? going to get to that extent because like, like I said, uh, well, like Adrian, uh, Adrian and I are very similar where I'm like, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like, I would love to be able to leave the house and go to work and then come yeah. home, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to complain about it right now, just because, like I said at the beginning, I'm very fortunate to be in the situation that I am in. But, uh, and I also think that that'll help lend to the normalcy mm-hmm. by going back to that. But um, in some cases, sure, they're they're saving money, but they're also. I don't think it's a matter. There, I, I don't think it's a situation where they're saving enough to justify shutting down buildings and stuff like that. There's some things that you have to have physical buildings. And people have to come in. Uh, well, like like insurance, for instance, there are still people that want face to face. There are some people that still need face to face. So yeah. you're gonna, you're going to have that aspect. Yep, yeah, for sure. No, no. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's buildings that can't do that, but then there is some regular, just office built type buildings where you can do everything over a conference call and your yeah. desk at home. So. But because we got off on a on a sidetrack there, so yeah, we went way off that point. <laughs> to wrestling. So the other part <clears throat> that's really like, so I mentioned the $500 million of surplus that's yeah. just sitting there. They're one of the few companies that actually stockpiled money for not just the situation, but just to have like, to basically rainy day stuff. The other part is, is that like, in all honesty, do you view wrestling or UFC or boxing or anything like that as an essential business? This is a straight question from me to you. Do you view that as essential? I don't think anything on this planet is essential right now between, uh, besides medical and grocery. There is no reason that anyone is open right now. Besides, I, 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 I have to. Like, no one I, has a I, fucking I, clue what the word essential means. It is ridiculous, but here's the best part. Uh, at one point, WWE wasn't a wrestling wasn't essential. 
Then Linda McMahon offered to spend $18.5 million in Florida, in Tampa Bay, and suddenly... Suddenly it's essential. It's essential. Wow, imagine that. They laid off... They actually... Uh, well, so they let go of talent and then they furloughed a bunch of like execs and things like that, which is a fancy way of saying we might hire you back later. Probably not. Right. Uh, The only aspect where WWE was losing money was in house shows like live shows. Right. Well, you know what house show is. Absolutely. So they were constantly losing money. Well, now there's no house shows. So that aspect of that losing money is gone. So with that out of the way, they still stand to make about $927 million of pure profit. Yep. That's a disgustingly huge number. But even still, they're not essential unless they said, okay, well, we'll do $18.5 million in that area. Suddenly they're essential. And then they lay off a bunch of people or fire a bunch of people. At the same time, sitting on a surplus of $500 million. It is... I've never once uh, said that like Vince McMahon is an honorable person. I've never once thought that in my entire life, but this is the first time where uh, I'm in a position where I don't know if I want to continue watching WWE because I don't want to continue allowing that company to make a profit because of the most disgustingly, horrifyingly gross things that they, that he himself has done in the last week. Uh, two weeks, we'll say. I mean, he's been on a, a path of just disgusting acts for for two at least. I mean, forever. But the whole Saudi Arabia thing, and now and now all of this BS. The Saudi Arabia thing. My my uh, my thought process was like, you know what? I I just won't watch the shows, and I didn't. I refused to watch. I watched the first one, and then after that was all that uh, Khashoggi stuff was coming out, and I was like, oh Jesus! So I I refused to watch any of them. Uh, but even without those shows where they stood to make like billions, uh, like a, a multi-million dollar contract there, even without those shows, they're still looking at $927 million. They could afford to pay every one of their employees mm-hmm. to sit at home for the next, let's say six months and still not lose out on any profit. But Vince said, mm, yeah, but Vince wants to show the shareholders we're still profitable. So oh, yeah. that everything comes down to his ego. And it's just everything. So, it's so disgusting. New Japan is an interesting company. New Japan makes 80% of their revenue from live shows. They haven't fired anybody. They've agreed to uh, continue paying their employees for as long as they possibly can. And this is the most interesting part because wrestling is so ingrained in Japanese culture. I would argue more so than wrestling, specifically WWE wrestling, which they argued they were ingrained. They were ingrained in the fabric of Americana. That's one of the things they said on raw this week or last week, actually. Yeah. The day before they were uh, announced essential. That's what they, that's what they had Vince McMahon say. Hey, Anyway, a bunch of the high-ranking wrestlers, like Tanahashi, who's a legend, he's their John Cena, so to speak, or Hulk Hogan, if you will. Okay. They got together and they pleaded with the Japanese government to not 
uh, keep wrestling going, that this is like the last possible thing to deem essential right now. But they've still agreed, like, so wrestling is not essential in Japan, even though I would argue it's more ingrained in their culture than in the United States, right? They're saying, keep everything closed. In fact, and they're still paying for their employees for as long as they can. Like, it's, it's incredible, the differences. AEW is the same thing. They're still filming because they're obviously, they're essential, right? So yeah. they're due, but they taped like, a, I think like a month in advance. Well, that's what they're doing. They're letting what? A small group of people into the building at a time, do a match, go home. Yeah. Record everything they, in advance. They recorded as much as they could, you know, and I mean, they'll probably do live shows once that stuff dries up, but they might not. They might continue doing the pre-recordings. Like it's not really hurting them too badly right now. No, I mean. No, I'm not, and the, the cons don't have McMahon money, but they have enough, but they're still willing to pay their employees. But that's, that's the difference. But that, that's like, that's someone that could show empathy though, that understands that there is a real world problem going on right now. And the last thing that you should be worrying about is this fucking job. Exactly. And yet, but McMahon McDuck was like, nah, we need more money. It's just, it's disgusting. And the hard part for me is like, on the one hand, like I said, I don't want to continue supporting the WWE, but there's a lot of wrestlers there that I want to continue supporting. The double-edged sword, right? You're supporting McMahon, but at the same time, you're also supporting all those wrestlers that work their ass off to get to that point. And I'm not stupid. I know that the amount of money I pay every month for the uh, uh, WWE Network isn't paying some guy's salary, but it's part of it. Although (laughs) the other gross statistic that I heard recently, uh, not so much heard, but read was uh, within that surplus, like even just in their pure profits, the amount that they're actually paying to the the wrestlers or sports entertainers is like less than 5% of their total operating cost. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know. Like Stephanie McMahon makes $2 million and she's got two contracts. One is a entertainment contract where she makes the 2 million. And then there's her uh, corporate contract where she makes, I think, another $2 million. So she makes $4 million a year. And two and half of that is for a sports ent- entertainment part where she might show up once or twice, maybe two times a year. Bill Goldberg recently, $3 million. He was $3 paid million for that little stint. $3 million for three matches. Uh, three matches or two matches? Three, two, three. Two. Well, two and then some appearances, I guess, right? Yeah. So three million, right? Uh, that's almost the entire amount that they would have saved by keeping these people on. Like Why that? I mean, they had them come back. They had they had them beat Bray, so they could have a spear versus spear match at WrestleMania. Reigns dropped out, and then they had fucking Goldberg lose in like a minute from a few power slam. Like I. I those two events at WrestleMania. Those two. The only thing I will say, though, and I'll leave this on a little bit more of a positive note per se, and then we'll we'll dive into other things. Is that like ultimately, uh, 
WrestleMania was way more, be- like, was surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be. WrestleMania, as a whole, was really good, but it was really good from, like, a handful of amazing matches. Like, and not even matches, more like mini-movies. Like, Well, yeah, and I'll get to that in just a second, but, like, the, the decision to do it over two nights, I think, was smart. I think that was kind of interesting. Although, the only thing I will I'd argue, though, is that there might be some sort of internal uh shuffling we're like because like the guys that are on the sunday show must feel like we're on like the real wrestlemania you know right yeah always on sunday so it's like the guys that were on the saturday show are kind of like yeah we're part of wrestlemania but like we're the b squad you know probably they probably filmed all those matches like individually way ahead of time so they probably didn't really know if they were going to end up like some guys probably did but do you think they actually had like the match? They could basically do all the matches and then and then pick each match to go in a certain order from there. So the, the oh, guys yeah, wrestling yeah. might not even have known if they were going to be on the Saturday or the Sunday. Yeah, that makes sense. I although I feel like depending on who you are, you know where you like because they announced before that who where which matches were taking place on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. So like I knew I knew that Becky Lynch and Baszler was going to be on Saturday, right? Right. Was it Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday. It was Saturday, yeah. And then, uh, so then, of course, I knew that uh, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley was going to be on uh, Sunday, right? So, needless to say, like you said, uh, the the Taker match for me is the standout. That was the best Taker has looked in years, and obviously, I'm, it's because they could film little lie. bits, cut it a certain way, make him. That's look what I good. said. Like, like <laughs> the next two to three years, if they do matches like that with him. It'll be a lot better for him personally. If they do and, matches with him, but I mean, even if, if that was his final match, him just riding off on his motorcycle. It is a great car, way to go in. It is a great way. I would to be go. stoked if that was his final match. But like, uh, for me, like it was uh, the first couple of minutes, I was kind of like, oh, okay. So they're going to, they're going to do it like this. And then I was like, you know what? <laughs> Let's just sit back and see what happens. It and was, then, like, within f- the first five minutes, I was like, okay, I, I think yeah. I got to it, it felt so out of place for a WWE thing. Like, that is the type of match I've always loved watching on, on AEW and, and Impact and even back in the WCW days. All those guys always did stuff with that. WWE has never really done that, ever. Well, I mean, the, the tough part is just to make it good. Like, uh, the uh, broken matt hardy stuff yeah like the compound matches and stuff i remember the first time i saw a clip of one and i was like what the fuck is this because i didn't understand the brother nero and the whole character (laughs) but then when i i learned about the broken matt hardy i was like oh this is just bonkers (laughs) so then those types of uh, the compound matches made a lot of sense and they were just really, really cool. Like even something as simple as having Matt Hardy run a lawnmower across Jeff Hardy's intricately mowed lawn that he specifically does. Like he does artwork on his lawn when he mows it. So to have that recto was like, that's genius. That's <laughs> absolute genius. But uh, the compound match that WWE did with the eight, or with the uh, Wyatts and uh, the New Day, 
I was like, it's good, but it's still just like, it's not as good as what you'd seen, right? Whereas this, the Undertaker match and AJ Styles was like, unbelievable. It was on another level, man. I felt like it I was, was on watching another level. It, it, was a, it was a short horror movie. It was really, really good. Like my favorite part is when you had AJ dump Taker into the grave and I was like, oh my God, they're actually going to have him lose? And then... He shows up behind lights. That was so badass. Oh my God, that was so great. And then after that, it was just like Taker just taking it and being like, like killing it, right? It was yep. awesome. So it was really, really cool. How about that, uh, that Wyatt Cena mind fuck? Well, see, that one there, uh, I didn't, I had no idea what to expect, but I had a feeling it was going to be similar to the, uh, Compound match, I guess you could say. Boneyard match, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Which apparently AJ just said, like he just called it a boneyard match because he he couldn't, uh, he couldn't remember Buried Alive or something like that. Like he wanted to call it, it was supposed to be a Buried Alive match, but he couldn't call it. So he just said boneyard match. (laughs) So they were like, well, so we had to call it a boneyard match, but you know, (laughs) Buried Alive match. But anyway, uh, so I didn't know what to expect, but I was kind of already like, I, I kind of have an idea. So then when I watched it, I was like, ah, and I'm glad they did something completely different. You know what I mean? But it was entertaining as hell. It It was was really very entertaining. And and I mean, if they're going to write Cena off, which I think they pretty much did there, that, that seemed like Cena went poof, gone. He uh, He rewrote his history, like lived through his history and then disappeared. It's interesting. It's interesting to see what'll happen after that. You know, it'll also be interesting to see how often they they go back to that well, too, because like I don't necessarily want uh, Bray Wyatt to do that too often, that style. Uh, But every once in a while, just pull it out. That might actually be uh, a cool way to. Yeah, because the guy that beats him in one of those matches, like. Is a made man. Yeah, it's it's definitely a made man situation. So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so, I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually see the Fiend and Undertaker at a WrestleMania in, in that type of match. That would be crazy. That like, even if it, what if it was a two part match? <laughs> it would be so uh, like, Or somehow weave the Boneyard match into the Funhouse match. Like that is just I don't know, man. <laughs> That'd be nuts. I don't know. Overall, it was very interesting. I heard the Edge and Orton match was like over an hour and they cut it down to be just over 40. I actually, uh, I really wanted to watch that match because to be perfectly honest, out of all the matches that were built up for WrestleMania and then of course mixed and matched and changed because of uh, the pandemic. Yeah. This one was the only one that had a solid, like if this was WrestleMania during a normal time like every other year that build was pitch perfect all the way through like 100%. So that, that's like that's like classic build. I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be so good." And then 20 minutes into that match, I was like, ah, "Fuck." Like I wasn't expecting it to be absolutely amazing, but I was expecting a better match than what we got. Uh, part of the problem is because they went way too long. They went way too long. It was long. long. If they were going to go that length, they should have just went for a full-on Iron Man match. 
Exactly. Do a full on Iron Man match. Uh, the other thing that really, really, really irked me was so Viceland was running that they're they're showing the dark side of wrestling or dark side of the ring, and they just came off that two parter with Benoit. I heard so about this. Fresh in everyone's memory about how he hung himself with the weights, uh, like the pull down weights. So somebody decided it was a good idea to have Edge, or I can't remember it was. They, they incorporate a strangle spot with the weight set that Benoit hung himself from. I heard that was McMahon's call, and I heard that both Edge and Orton did not want to do it. And to hear that it's McMahon's call, not surprised at all. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all that he would say, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we should really do that spot. That was disgusting. It was a gross spot. It I, like I, at first, because I still haven't watched that Benoit documentary. I, I I know how he died, but I haven't really thought about it in years. So if I were watching that match without thinking about that, I would have just thought it was something during the match and moved on. <laughs> Dude, I was reading online and I went, "Oh shit, yeah, that's how he died." Really unbelievable that yeah, they how gross. that in. How gross is that? Uh, so gross, uh, and it's even it's even worse because like edge and Orton are typically one of those guys where you, you would be like, we're not doing it. But McMahon was like, you're doing it. You know, like, God damn it, man. Edge like, is like, I should have fucking went with a and W. Yeah. 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 I, I just, I was just reading actually this morning, um, John Moxley gave his comments on, on the releases and everything. <laughs> yeah. Did you read this? Yeah, I'd rather work at McDonald's than work at WWE again. He, he goes, my heart goes out to all the people who are affected by this craziness, whether financial or worse. I heard a bunch of news through the grapevine. People on our business got unfortunate phone calls this morning, so it's a weird time. I'm feeling very fortunate. I was not, or I will not, for a second, feel sorry for myself. Like, poor me, during this craziness, because I've got it pretty good, all things yeah. considered. I'm yeah. just stuck in the house with my wife, who's my favorite person to hang out with anyway. We're just hanging it up. We're just hanging out, getting it on all over the house all day, <laughs> watching movies, and she's got some cooking projects she's experimenting with. So I'm basically hanging out and having a, a beautiful woman feed me meals every day. <laughs> I, I love his outlook on, on life sometimes. Like just reading I that. I actually like <laughs> he he was one of those guys where when he was being brought in. I had heard a lot about John Moxley and I was like, okay, all right. Uh, so when he was brought into NXT and he was like Dean Ambrose, I was like, oh, okay. All right. But I heard so much. So of course, like with the internet, you, you do some digging and stuff like that. You see some of these promos and you're just like, whoa, okay. All right. Uh, and then to hear about like his, pro- almost his entire like run when he wasn't with the shield the first run with the shield between that, he was just like miserable. Cause they were like, they wanted him to be a joke character. And I remember thinking, like, I remember like going like, why would they do this with this guy? Like yeah. out of all the guys, like he could have been not necessarily as the next stone cold, but he could have been a stone cold type character. hundred percent. You know, but they uh, shit all I, over him. They gave everything to the big guy in the group. Little guy. Well, guy. to be fair, like even when the shield first came out, I had already pegged Reigns. I was like, that's their guy. That's the guy that they're going to push uh, because he was the least uh, trained wrestler 
out of all of them because Ambrose or Moxley and Rollins, Tyler Black, were all over the Indies. They had been wrestling for quite some time before that. You know, not necessarily a knock on Reigns, but I knew that that was the guy they were going to push. Now, I'm not going to knock Reigns at all now because he's a high-level performer. He's generally a good promo, and he is a good face for the company, and I'm glad that he was like, I, I can't do this. I'm not doing your your weird taped stuff. Like, The Miz showed up sick, and they were going to continue filming, and he was like, no, no, I can't. I can't do this. Yeah, because he, you know, compromise. So he said, I, no. I, I, I'm very happy that he said no. I mean, anyone with empathy would totally be like, hell yeah, stay home. Right, but I feel I like I feel like in the long run, this might hurt him in McMahon's eyes. It's going to because McMahon's going to look at it like, no, no, you should have, uh, you know, you should have been there. Should have been there. Like he won't say that out loud because, of course, he can't. But mm-hmm. I, I feel, I hope there's no repercussions for him. But I feel like there would be. There will be. Hundred percent. I don't like, see I him don't, getting a title. Like, like him. I was just gonna say. He's not gonna be fighting Strowman. They're not. Well, they're already pushing Bray, aren't they? Bray Wyatt and Strowman are gonna go at it at Money in the Bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he's yeah. just gonna get the title back. Like Strowman. That, Strowman that is a placeholder. Right it's like I'm. It's kind of like when they gave the title to Big Show and Kane back in the day. They were placeholders. They were yeah, never he long definitely run like a placeholder. And I mean, like, like good for him for getting it because I wanted him to get it for quite some time. Uh, but what a garbage way to get it. Like, he should have had that years ago. Uh, it's kind of the same way that they gave McIntyre the title, too. I felt like he should have had it a while now. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that he got it. And I'm glad that he got it beating uh, Brock in a very definitive way. But again, his title, his title one just seems more legit though. Cause they built up that Lesnar was a legitimate champion for, for a long time. Yep. Like Goldberg just like came in, grabbed the championship, no fucking build up. It, it was with Reigns. Reigns dropped out. Strowman just gets thrown in. He never even had a WrestleMania match before that. So no. he wasn't even going to be at WrestleMania. No, I, I uh, cause like, they were going to do a battle royal, like a, the Andre battle royal. Right. That was going to be the thing. But then, of course, with the pandemic, then they were like, oh, I guess we can't have more than six guys in the ring at one time. Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> just I don't know. So anyway, so to recap, uh, Hollow Knight, good. WWE or Vince McMahon, not good. <laughs> WWE, wrestling, not essential. <laughs> Uh, geek pants essential that's one geek pants is 100 essential we're gonna make this happen that's right that's right unless so, this whole thing records without audio uh, yeah yeah well we'll see we'll see we'll see <clears throat> but anyway uh a quick question though if uh, the mute button is solid solid light that's good right yeah that means it's recording if you if you push that it's on mute if it's flashing yeah if it's flat that's what i thought so that thing is sexy, nice and black. Oh, that's a sexy. yeah, yeah. It is actually. I guess. I guess you could say it's sexy. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Object. I'm weird like that. I, I say objects are sexy. It's, all the it's time. not even just you. There was uh, when I worked at the power center, we would have like some guys refer to like the TVs as like, oh, that's such a sexy look. That's <laughs> a fucking TV. There's nothing sex. Okay, sure, it's sexy. I've never. I never said that to a customer. Maybe what's on the TV could be sexy. I yeah. I've never but once at all. Look itself. at the way this bezel is. It's a sexy bezel. I never, never said it. Never will. <clears throat> huh. 
So unless um, you have anything else you want to add to our... I, I got nothing to add to this Camcast. I just want to say, okay, everyone, we're going to have our Bad Boys trilogy coming up here. Our, the next episode will be Bad Boys, and that we filmed together before this all went down. So That's right. you're going to get a good classic episode after this one, and then we're going to go back to this weird Zoom-style back-and-forth thing for Bad Boys 2 and 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll make it happen. I got um, nothing else, man. You want to yeah, do, you want to do the social media? Wrap no, up? you do it. You do it. You're better at it than I am anyway. It's been a while. Let's see if I remember where we're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this Camcast, you can catch us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If you'd like to watch us, you could do that here on YouTube. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as geekpantsmedia.com, where Chris Fedick has been giving us some short stories. So there's that, some reading material during this pandemic. Nice, 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 nice. That's good, right? I put the radio voice on, made you laugh. Yeah, no, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh, but I came really close. Really came close. Really came close. close. Right. You got anything? You done? I'm done. I'm good. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs>